Lives is a true crime podcast. Some of the content on this show might be too graphic for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi guys and welcome to Crime Wives. I'm your host Veronica. And I'm your host Destiny. And before we start talking about a lot of other stuff, well like crime stuff, there's a few things we'd like to go over. Firstly, if you're here to get into the crime stories, please fast forward right now. Like right now. Because we each research and cover our own story, and before we do that, we like to talk about ourselves, and we're not really sorry about it. So if that's not your jam, you've been warned. Fast forward till you hear that intro, whatever you want to call it. Song. Yep, yep, that one. That's the song. And then you'll get into the crime stories. Second part is a request that if you haven't rated or reviewed our show yet, reviewed our show yet, yikes. <laughs> Wherever you're listening to us right now, could you please help us out by giving us a few stars, all the stars. As many stars as you can give us. However many you'd like. Or um, all of them. Or all of them. <laughs> Preferably all of them. Um, and then an honest opinion of the show, because if you do that, every new review will get a shout out on our show. Except that we've said that, and then we haven't shouted people out, so... Sorry. So right now would be a great time. We'll just shout you out real quick. Um, Jess, she shouted us out, and yeah. she actually gave us a recommendation too, which we'll be covering here soon. Oh, yeah. Um, so yes. very excited about that, and thank you for the recommendation and just giving us that rate and review. We appreciate it so much. We really do. Um, you said such nice things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was great in that both the review and in the private message you sent us. So yes. we love it. Thank you. We appreciate you. Um, also, Chills Podcast. So yes. another podcast reached out to us and um, rated and reviewed us. Congratulations on your wedding that's coming up. I totally read that. I feel your pain. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. We all do. <laughs> and I mean, you could be like me and boom, have Just... a great honeymoon because <laughs> you'll come out with something real special. I was wondering where that boom was going. I'm like, boom what? Oh, boom, boom baby. Boom, boom, belly. <laughs> boom. Um, so congratulations on getting married. Thanks for listening to us. Um, we'll be sure to check you out too. Yeah. Yeah, those are our new ones. Thank you very much. Um, and then if you haven't already and you really like us and you want to connect with us or get notifications uh, or updates about the show, please follow us on our social media platforms. Uh, you know, the platforms, all the ones that you probably already have. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Crime Wives Podcast. And if there's ever any crimes that you would like us to cover, which I love, I, I love not having to think about who I'm going to cover. I know. It's the, so great. So the last two weeks, you've actually texted me and been like, yes. how about this? And I'm like, please continue this because I don't have to figure it out. <laughs> yes. You just tell me who to cover. And I'm like, cool, cool. Can you continue? It's great. Well, both of those were recommended to me. So that's why I'm like, great. dude, these are great. Love it. And um, it's going to be good. Um, and then, yeah, so you can email us at crimewives at podcast, crimewives at podcast. Dang it. I was on such <laughs> so a good close. streak. <laughs> crimewivespodcast at gmail.com. Or a lot of people have just been, I mean, if you know one of us personally, I've, people have been messaging me on Facebook yeah, even. Yeah, for just private messages. Yeah. If you know one of us, just send it to us, send it to our crimewives, um, Instagram. That way, Instagram, we both have eyes on that at all times. So that's a good way to connect with both of us if you'd like to. Um, and then my last little bit of chatty info here is to let you guys know that we are currently saving to get some better mics to bring you a better sound quality experience. It's so fun to read that. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're interested in donating to the show um, to help us save for some nicer mics or you just want to be nice to us and donate, you can click the link in our Instagram bio or download the Anchor app if you're not already listening there. Um, and then donate directly through it. Eventually, here shortly, we would like to just get some nicer mics. Um, if you already have donated, by the way, we love you. We appreciate you so much. So much. And then, I guess with all of that being said, might as well just uh, get into it, huh? Okay, so we haven't really talked, or they haven't heard us talk about ourselves and what we're, we've been doing with our weeks and mm -hmm. what's been going on. So what are you doing this week? What have you been up to? Um, you know what? I'm about to do the same thing I always do. Lincoln finally got glasses. <laughs> it's so cute. He's the cutest kid with glasses of all. I mean, he is so cute. And they make his eyes a little googly. Oh. <laughs> and so whenever he's in, the last two, he's only had them on for two days. 
the last two days, anytime he gets in trouble, and I'm like, no, 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 honey, don't do that. And he'll turn around, and I'm like, no, you can do it. You're so cute. Do whatever you want. I was lying. <laughs> yeah. So, as always, just Lincoln, and um, I have zero plans for Valentine's Day because well, I've been with Travis for six years now. So I get it. So we don't do romantic stuff, really. He bought me shoe vans for my romantic gift. I saw that. You got them early. Last weekend, yeah, because he's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to shop. So I was like, let's get them now. <laughs> so now I got new vans, and um, that's about it. That's, uh, I don't, my life feels kind of, kind of. That's nice. Yeah. It's nice yeah. when it's just going easy and it's going. Yeah, I am, I am kind of stoked that I, um, I decided, not for any reason, not because I like care if people drink all the time or not, but I've decided I'm not going to drink until March and so far so good. I know it's only the middle of February. Dude, I get it. The f- I think that the fact that one of our friends walked up to me actually and she was like, I drink less now that you're not drinking. And I was like, <laughs> yes. okay, well, I don't know what that says about me, but I you're mean, welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you're 100% welcome. You're your liver's usu- welcome. You're usually the person that forces everyone to take shots. I'm like, if- come on, just do it with me. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, um, sorry, I guys. have already not been drinking on Wednesdays whenever we record, so that was helpful. But I also don't drink that much. But when I do, I feel like that's, I've, I've just been kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Trying to be like healthier, yeah, like for myself and mentality wise, like self care. Yeah, alcohol is a depressant, so I get it. I get <laughs> yeah. it. So I'm, I'm, and I've never really like actively thought about, you know, I'm just not going to drink for a month and mm-hmm. see what it. So now I'm very actively thinking about it, and it makes me realize how often I'm like, I could go for a glass of wine. Yeah, <laughs> which not that I always went and grabbed a glass of wine, but I'm like. That's weird that my brain just associates, this is what I'm doing right now. This is when I should drink wine. Yeah. No, it's, I realize the same thing. I 100% get <laughs> yeah, it. So. Yeah. so Good for you. That's yeah, awesome. I mean, it's nice. And I have, I don't know if it's because I haven't been drinking wine or if it's because I've actually been kind of working out. I have lost two whole pounds. There you go. Two of them. Happy for you. Proud of you. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. Good for you. Thanks. And that's, that's it for me. <laughs> so what are you up to? <laughs> um, well, I mean, last time we talked, it was about to be Super Bowl. I also oh, found yes! out <laughs> um, that I'm having a baby girl, yes. so I'm all getting teary-eyed. Um, That's so, because you're having a baby girl. <laughs> very excited, very scared. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't judge the fact that I did get teary-eyed. <laughs> like, uh, why would I judge? Eyes. I'm a mom. Um, I get teary-eyed constantly. <laughs> you're like, I understand. Yeah. So yeah, we found out we're having a little girl. Alex is... So excited. Yeah, and we do. Um, I'm knew. so excited. I'm also realizing, oh, I'm having a me. You're having a you. I am having a mini me. Take so, that, universe. Yeah. <laughs> or I guess universe was like, take that, destiny. Yeah, my mom's like, I can't wait till you text me and apologize. And I was like, I get it. I yeah. will 100%. I <laughs> yeah. Yes, I, I was a sassy child. I grew up to be even a sassier adult. Yep. So yeah, we're having a little girl. So um, yes, we're very excited. Her name will be Sloane. Yes. So um, Every time I tell anyone, they're like, what's, it, what's your baby's name to me? I'm like, they're naming your baby Sloane. <laughs> they're like, oh my God, that's the cutest name. I love it. And yes. it's after Alex's grandma and it's actually Alex's middle yeah. name. Yeah. So after her dad and after, it's so weird to yeah. call him a dad. Dad, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? Ew, it's so weird that you just, and you're a mom. Yeah. Is that weird? That's well, weird. And he said something to me the other day and he's like, gotta feed mama or do something. They said something mm-hmm. and he called me mama and I was like, oh, he's talking about me. <laughs> he's like, you need your mom? what (laughs) do you want me to call her for you um so yeah I mean we're super excited now Mm. we're just it's surreal I went to work like the next like because I found out over the weekend and my boss had bought me some baby girl clothes already so it's it's and it's all started the grandparents are excited grandparents were all right they all thought it was a girl and there's yeah uh, yeah. no Travis was the same he was like it's a girl it's gonna be a girl definitely a girl they're for sure having a girl it's gonna be a little destiny it's a girl and I was like with the mustache <laughs> <laughs> still could happen yeah. you never fine, know fine. we'll teach yeah. her how to wax it's fine <laughs> there we go um yeah so we're super excited but 
She's healthy. Good. She's happy. I mean, she looks happy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Alex was like, she has my face. And I was like, well, that's good. You well, have a great face. You're her dad. <laughs> yeah. Also, yeah. <laughs> she's probably going to look like one of us. And uh, I'm guessing you probably have stronger genes for some reason. We'll find out. Yeah. We'll find out. Hopefully that jawbone, you know. Oh, yeah. That's true. Oh, we'll yes. Just... He does have a prominent jawbone. He does. I don't know. The mustache, the jawbone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're going great. <laughs> like, it's a girl. <laughs> question mark yeah so well that's exciting yeah well good for you anyone that has followed us this far is probably like woo somewhere <laughs> thanks for the excitement guys and now i guess it's time to get into some crime okay so what are you going to be talking about this week well, as you know, <laughs> we're doing uh, another kind of, we'll call it themed episode this week, but it's more of a, um, it all goes together. This is, our stories are combined. So I'm doing part of a story and then Destiny will be covering the other part of it. So, um, or a part of a part of it, you know. A story in a story. Okay, so yes. So I have, we're just going to, I'm going to call it the Weaver family is what I'm doing, and then we'll go from there because it's just, we'll just go from there. Okay? <laughs> okay. So hang on tight, people. Um, before I get into the actual story, um, I'm going to cite my sources because I had to search hard. <laughs> so there's a lot of sources here. So first it was OregonLive.com. Oh, and we have done so many Oregon cases now. <laughs> yeah, we really have. I was like, we should try the East Coast at some point. Yeah, we'll move away from <laughs> or where like, we live. Or like you London. Yeah. yeah, there's just a lot here, okay? Yeah. We really should be called like the Pacific Northwest Crime Wives <laughs> or something. Exactly, but we'll cover other places. Yeah, we'll get out there. So um, OregonLive.com, Stranger Danger, the podcast, which it's also local. It's here in Oregon. Um, it's very, it's like a very short little snippet. Um, and then Wikipedia, obviously, uh, SeattleTimes.com and Bakerfield, Bakersfield.com because it's also in California. And then obviously I already said this, uh, I'm not just covering one case, but rather I'm going to call it a family tree, if you will, um, or their timeline. And just a Essentially, I had to find all of the information in a lot of different places and kind of piece it all together. Um, and in our state, the Weaver, one of the Weavers is known for, or one specific member of the family who committed a very bad crime. And that's who Destiny is going to be covering um, in her portion today. And then I kind of decided to take over where he came from, if you will. Because of that, the details, if they get confusing, let me know. Because when I was reading about it, they it's one of those name situations. Like in the Michael Frankie case, and then it was like Frank Gable, and I was yeah. going back and forth. So I'm mostly going to discuss, I will call one of them, the father is the father of the main person that you're talking about. I mean, about. We, can, we can use their yes. name. So. so I'm going to be talking about the Ward Weavers, essentially. Mm -hmm. And Ward Weaver Jr. is not the Ward Weaver that you're talking about. No, I'm talking about Ward Francis Weaver III. The third, yes. So I will say Ward Francis Weaver a lot, but I also can say um, the second sometimes or junior if that. So if you get confused, Sorry if you're listening and you're confused and you can't tell me to stop and ask questions. <laughs> we'll uh, try to keep it, we'll clarify yes, for you guys. I tried to do as, as good as I could as far as like being super clarifying, clarifying, you know, like your makeup remover. Okay, so like I said, the people that I'm going to address are Dorothy Weaver, her son, Ward Francis Weaver Jr., one of his sons, Ward Weaver III, and then Ward Weaver III's stepson, Francis Weaver. So, mostly though, the bulk of this is going to be about Ward Francis Weaver Jr., okay, <laughs> the second. Perfect. I'm excited because I purposely tried to not look too Same. much into the family uh -huh. so I could find out or from you, basically, yes. because it, I was looking into just a specific case. Yeah, and I knew that and probably a lot of places that you were looking like for me to find this information 
there that we were looking at different places yeah because i i figured so and even that podcast that i mentioned i listened to the first beginning of it and then their their episode topic was about ward weaver mm-hmm. and then they just did a little bit about the dad and so i stopped right whenever they because i was like no, no no i'm gonna listen to destiny's <laughs> version of this i don't want to hear someone else's there isn't a ton a ton oh gosh off to a rough start there isn't a ton about Dorothy Weaver, um, who is the mother of Ward Francis Weaver Jr., so Ward Weaver II, um, but what I did find was a quote um, that is, according to the Kern County Prosecutor uh, that at one of these trials, because there were many, um, <laughs> it's just a quote about her from one of the prosecutors that said, Dorothy harbored a deep hatred of men and cited... Um, in a testimony at court uh, from some witness who had witnessed Dorothy say this, and it was an, as an example of kind of how crazy or mean or man-hating she was, it was a quote that said she wanted to, quote, cut off all of their penises. Oh my god, <laughs> already. But, but like, in my opinion, <laughs> it, I was like, well, this isn't a good enough example of her being crazy because, like, I've totally wanted to cut off everything. I know, but you don't, like, actually <laughs> say it to people where you could And she was get... holding a knife. <laughs> so, okay, yeah, I yeah. mean. So she's, she was wielding a butcher knife and then declared that she wanted to cut off all of the men's penises. I and... mean, it probably wouldn't looking forward wouldn't have been a bad idea no uh, yes i think and i was like you know what surrounded by who she was surrounded by like probably same um and still same actually um but let's assume that there were more and better examples of how not great of a person she was because i it it's it's never like detailed why she wasn't a great parent but it does say that she was married to somebody who was an alcoholic and they weren't great to their kids and she was just kind of a little woohoo, I guess. Gotcha. There's that. So, okay. Um, But what is noted um, is that Dorothy, or noted that Dorothy is, um, that she had a profound influence on her son, Ward Weaver Jr., um, and that it can be speculated that her personality, whatever there was about it, kind of contributed to his future life choices um, in some way or another. Yeah, he did not make good choices. <laughs> so, um, I basically come to conclude that he grew up in an abusive environment, environment, which is stated, um, and then with a mom who wanted to chop off penises. So, maybe not the most healthy for a little boy. Yeah. Okay. So that's been established. Um, so Ward Francis Weaver Jr. grows up and meets a woman named Trish. Together, the two have um, his first son in on April 6, 1963. His name <laughs> is Ward Weaver the third. <laughs> There's that. Okay, <laughs> pretty quickly, uh, Ward Weaver, the dad, leaves Trish as well as his child and meets a different woman um, who was a chef at a local diner and has more children with her. I couldn't find exactly how many kids in total. I know that's there. I'm telling you the details that are online about these people are small. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know exactly how many he has, but I know that he does have another son, at least another son, with um, this woman named Rodney. And so he'll be mentioned one other time. Okay. So by now, uh, Ward is a long-haul truck driver. Um, his, and that's that. He's a, That's basically what he does for a living, and um, they, they have a house together, they have some kids, she is a, a chef, and that's, okay. So, um, his first talked about crime is in 1976 when it's said that he met a waitress after a, after her night shift in Eureka, California. He's outside um, in the parking lot with her after she's off work and it's very dark and he proceeded to hit her with a bat and forced her into his truck. Okay. Aggressive. Okay. Yes. And I mean, just crazy. Yeah. Not just aggressive. There's a lot more to There's that. There's a lot to it, but <laughs> aggressive fits here. Thankfully for her, and obviously this is the most wild, is that she's able to get out of the truck and gets free as he drives away, and then she calls authorities for this crime, and um, and he goes to prison for it. Okay. Yeah. Good. For three years. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he didn't, I guess, attempted kidnapping is yeah, probably Yeah, we'll take all, what we can get. And, like, maybe some battery. I don't know. Um, okay, so Ward Weaver Jr. would go on to get in more trouble in 1981 when he was convicted and sentenced to 42 years in prison. What? So in this scenario, this is this scenario is not the one that I had heard of either. So I had this story backwards, so I'm glad that I got to dig around into this. Um, 
the details are again very vague in this one <laughs> but i could i was able to piece together that he was in jail for 42 years um sentence and he that i think he might have been out driving truck when he decided to pick up two runaways who were boyfriend and girlfriend um he took the couple couple the couple <laughs> Uh, the names uh, David Galbraith, he was 18, and his girlfriend Michelle was 15, to his home in Oroville. Um, he arranged for, and this is, I'm, I wish there was more. You're going to have questions? I don't know. He arranged for an accomplice to shoot the young man in the head. Questions. <laughs> yep. And there are zero details about who this accomplice was or if the guy actually got shot in the head, which I believe he did. Um, and then he raped the girl repeatedly over several days, telling her he wanted to keep her as a daughter. What? I forgot that part. However, he then abandoned her near Marysville. For this crime, he goes to jail for a 42-year sentence. So again, I don't know if the girl lived and turned him in. I think so, because that's how the... De but there are... I could not find more details on this. And it wasn't even on the the first podcast that I, or that podcast that I mentioned. She she didn't talk about that, so I was like, "What?" But then I keep this story is brought up like four different times. Does he get in trouble again? So okay, while he's in jail, he decides to confide confide in a cellmate of another crime he'd committed, and this crime I don't even know what to say. Okay, uh, this crime was while he was also. This is also while he was a long haul truck driver as well. Apparently, he had um, what he had what are referred to as quote problems with drugs, <laughs> um, and he had been awake for about five days. Jeez, <laughs> could you imagine? So you you choose which drug you think it is. <laughs> I'm gonna guess. I I first wanted to say well, it's the 80s. It's probably speed, but it could have been something more hardcore. Most likely, <laughs> definitely thinking that. Uh -huh. Five days of non-sleep. Yeah. So it's 1982. He's out driving truck. He's been awake for five days, and um, he comes upon a couple on the side of the road. He comes upon a couple of couples, it sounds yep, like. Yep, a couple of couples in his life. So in this scenario, it's, um, oh, it's not 1982, my apologies. It's 1981, and he finds a couple on the side of the road whose car had just been broken down. And the couple are Robert Radford and Barbara Lavoie. So here's a little bit about them, because I the last... Uh, part of the story was so brief that I was like, I need to have more about these people because it's really sucky. So, uh, Robert Radford had just completed basic training for the Air Force, where he'd also met and started dating Barbara Lavoie. Um, together, the two visited Robert's family in Edmonton, Washington, and then she, uh, so that he could basically introduce her to his parents. And then from there, they drove down to Pinedale, California, to introduce Barbara to um, his grandmother. So, they're kind of just going around, and he's like, hey, this is the lady I'm in love with. Um, and this is before he has to report to the Nellis Air Force Base in Nevada, which I've been to before. Oh, <laughs> so random. Yeah, so, and you, you kind of do just, and it's out in the middle of nowhere, so you, you can kind of just take this one main road from Washington through Oregon to California and then back to Nevada and um, go to the Nellis Air Force Base. Well, so they're, he, because he has to report up there, they're driving down, they meet his grandma, and it kind of just seems like they were they were stopping to meet, like, they kind of took a few little turns on their way to, so he could be like, I want you to introduce you to my family. Yeah. Okay. Small detour. Just a few pit stops. Um, so it's afternoon on February 5th, 1981, and the couple stops in Pinedale, California to visit grandma. Uh, they left around 7 p.m. on their way out of town. Um and then, or on their way out of town, their car breaks down, which is the worst for many reasons. Uh, there was a witness who originally stopped to help the couple and offers them a ride, but he was going in the opposite direction of them, so they declined his ride and they stay in the car. And no, but I'm like, <laughs> like it's the '80s. They probably just missed one bad guy and then another bad guy came. So true. <laughs> probably his name was his name is mentioned his name is like his first name is james so but he was he comes forward as a witness so i'm gonna assume it was a good guy yeah um but it's like i don't know it's the 80s everyone that stops to help you on the side of the road is gonna murder you in the 80s i get that okay yeah, makes sense <laughs> yeah 
So the next person to stop is Ward Francis Weaver Jr. I really should just say Ward Weaver Jr., but I wrote it so that we wouldn't get confused. (laughs) (laughs) He stops and offers to help the two and give them a ride towards his home in Orville, which is towards the direction that they need to go in. Um, I don't know what the plans are, except that they accept his ride. Yeah. Um, They're like, it's getting me closer to where I need to be. Yeah. So, and wherever that is. So... So in his words, when he approaches the couple, he immediately is sexually attracted slash aroused by Barbara and decides that he wants to have sex with her as he's talking to them. And so he... Okay. Yep. Hate it. Okay. So there's also mention that at this point, um, or at this point, that he claims to have multiple voices in his head. Um, This is later also brought up at a trial that he'll go to um, that... He tries to, I think it's his defense, um, is that he has a male tone in his head and then potentially also a female voice in his head. Weird. And female voice is like his, suggests nice things, but his male. His angel. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Which, I don't think that's how it generally works when you have, um, I don't know. I think they've come to learn that that's not how, but I'm not a psychiatrist. Uh, what I do know is that I'm pretty sure he was lying, and he's just a bad guy who had probably his own voice just wanted to do bad things. Yeah, definitely. Um, we all tend, I'm like, we all have inner voices. He's like, I'm not all bad. Yeah, I have this good. Part I have this in me. girl, this girl in me that super wants me to do good things. So, um, the mention of the two voices is only brought up in the court in the one place, so I didn't focus on it too much because I also kind of think it's a lie. Yeah. Um, and I mean it was interesting enough to mention so i mentioned it so uh the couple agree to ride with him somehow he convinces robert radford to ride in how it's explained is to ride in the back of the truck i don't know if that's like i've been in my grandpa was a truck driver i've been in the cab and then there's like a little bedroom Mm -hmm. but there's not like a door but he had so how it's explained is he convinces him to ride in what i'm assuming from how the story pans out is the freaking like trailer of the truck jeez convinces him to ride back there um and then they drive for some time before ward pulls over and tells barbara that he needs to adjust the ride load on the truck he then pulls out a pipe that's used to kind of like crank the load mm-hmm. and stuff and fix parts on the semi truck and goes to the back of the truck and beats robert redford with that pipe so okay it's said in the court statements that his intention was not to kill Robert Radford. This is another thing that he does in court. Um, he he keeps saying he, his intentions weren't to kill him. I them. didn't mean to kill him after I beat him with a pipe. And then he proceeds to throw him on the side of the road. So, like, it seems like that's exactly what you meant to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, however, it later comes clear that his injuries were so severe that he's probably lying about that. That's, yeah. They were able to determine that at least. So... I hate this guy. Okay. And his intentions don't really matter either because he died. He beat him to death. So, sorry, your intentions don't matter. You left a person to die. Yeah. Moving on. So, he throws Robert onto the side of the road and then goes back into the cabin where he then proceeds to rape Barbara for the first time. Uh, He then begins to drive. While he's in Oakland, he actually gets pulled over by a police officer. But Ward tells Barbara not to make any noise. And I don't know if she's like hiding in the back Mm -hmm. or if she's just there complying with him but whatever it is is it said that she complies with him so the officer lets ward go i don't know what he was pulled over for and there was no tickets involved he that i know of they just go away she is obviously a victim um from here they drive towards orville where he lived and stop at a station to unload his truck apparently um she stays with him at the station which i've been to one of those as well she stays with him for about 45 minutes. This is wild. This is wild. <laughs> and um, and that's because he promised to let her go once they got to Orville. He was just like, I'm keeping you over. I'm sorry, but uh, please, anyone, if this ever, God forbid, you're in these circumstances, run. Scream. Run. <laughs> like, do something. But nowadays, that's it's like drilled into our head. 
and I I don't think those fight or flight kind of yeah. thing. And also, who knows if this happened to me, I would assume I'd just scream. Yeah, I'd probably die quicker. But, but yeah, you also so it might don't be know. Her, yeah, and so in her brain, she probably didn't want to die, and so she was like, "Well, if I just comply." He said he'll let me go. Yeah. So from here, he decides he's going to tie her to a tree, like overnight or something. I don't actually know what his plan was here, but that he decides he's going to tie her to a tree and that he'll pick her up in the morning. However, and this is like near his house under a bridge from what I understand, Mm -hmm. when he goes to tie her hands, she starts like struggling and fighting with him and this is when I think she's kind of had enough. Yeah. Um, And in the midst of the struggle, she bites the tip of his thumb off. I think it's his thumb. I think it's his thumb, but it's the tip of a finger. uh, One of them. Um, And that's she loses her shit, bites off his finger. He loses his shit. Ugh. And he claims that um, she didn't let go of his, yeah, thumb. So it's his thumb. She didn't let go of it, and she, like, wouldn't let go of it. And so he hits her in the head to get her his, to get her off of his thumb, and with that blow to the head, she dies. So that's how it's claimed anyways. Of course, in this case, he claims that his intent was not to kill her either. Ugh. But basically blames her for biting his finger, so he's also saying it's her fault that she died. So, fuck him. Hate it. Hate it. So, on February 7th, 1981, the next day, he's had the body hidden. Oh, this is, this is a part that might start to sound familiar yes. to you. Yeah, the, that's why I was like, did he, uh, did he do something else? <laughs> okay. On 19, in Whatever I'm trying to say. On February 7th, 1981, the next day, he's had the body, from what I'm assuming, this is my speculation, hidden in his truck because Mm -hmm. he drove it home. Um, He decides, I'm assuming it's in his truck, but while he's home, this part I know that he decides that he needs to bury it. Um, From there, he digs a hole in his backyard and places her body into the hole and all of that happens while his children are home inside. Oh my God. His wife's gone. His kids are inside. I don't know if he's, like, telling them, hey, you need to be inside. I don't know if it's daytime or not either, but, like, how do you move a body from your truck and then go, like, it just sounds like, how do you not see that? Yeah. After that, at some point, he, I think the first hole that he dug, he felt like wasn't deep enough, Mm -hmm. and he wanted to move her around, so um, the, he decides he's going to dig an even deeper hole um, to put her body into uh, in that spot, he built a concrete slab over it, mm-hmm. and um, it basically was like a back porch, essentially, a little bit away, Ugh, but gross. the reason that he told his wife that he built it was for her to do laundry on, and she did. Here, honey, I did this for you. Oh, also, um, he had his 10-year-old son help him dig that second hole, so hate him so much. So much. So... The admission of this crime, while he's in jail, because for his 42-year sentence, he admits to this crime to his cellmate, and then somehow it goes, and, okay. So that puts him on death roll. Row. Death row? Roll? Jesus, <laughs> criminy. Okay, so that puts him on death row. At his trial, defense attorney Donnelly Huffman argued that his service on the Viet- in the Vietnam War had unhinged him and fed his fantasies about women in particular, which is probably partially true however other men went to vietnam and then not all of them came home and did all of this yeah and did what he did not like the strongest um but again i understand that uh trauma affects us all differently either way he had a proclivity i know that word i can (laughs) read that word saying that word out loud is rough for me so he had a proclivity for fantasizing about him being the power and her doing everything he told her. Like, that's just what he liked to do with everyone. Yeah, that everyone. was his thing. Yes. It's also at trial that um, that Ward claims to hear voices in his head, as I previously mentioned, though there were a few mentions um, of many different, like, psych evals. Like, I think he had, like, quite a few different psych evals from lots of different doctors um, over time, and it seems like he... He got a lot of mixed reviews, like, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Um, but most of them deemed him in his right mind. And, like, like Good. all of them deemed him in his right mind. Um, but a few were like, well, there's something going on, but, so. Yeah, he's insane. Yeah. 
Exactly. He's terrible. So during Weaver's trial, Shoemaker recalled the defense attorney made an unsettling proposal. And now this proposal is what got me. If prosecutors, and Shoemaker was his, was, no, it was somebody else. Somebody that's in the, um, in the trial is like, okay, here's what we say. If prosecutors would agree not to seek the death penalty on Weaver, they could quote, Weaver could quote, clear up a lot of other cases in the area. And the offer was turned down. But by these other cases, what I'm talking about is Ward would have been willing to admit to up to 26 other cases. I saw, okay, so I did hear a little bit, Uh but I saw that and I was like, he was linked to potentially 26 other murder cases. Oh yeah. That were on his truck route. Yes, and that's the next part of this is that with, eventually this person that's like, it was denied so we didn't get to freaking figure these out, goes back and... Um, yeah, they all aligned with his truck route and put him in the area when the people had been killed. Every single person that he was willing to talk about. Uh, Or, I don't know that he brought names up, but they went through his truck route and was like, he was here, somebody died. He was here, somebody died. Yeah. And they were like, like, they all fit his... Connecting the dots. And there's like a lot of other couples, too, in it. So, that's... Yeah. So... Though it was denied, the main person who worked on this case says he still wonders what the outcome of that would have been. I guess... All in all, it means that there's a lot of families that don't have answers, but this guy's still in jail. So now we'll get to the other member of his family. So um, wait, is he still alive? I, I think so. Alive. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Because he, because he was on, he mm-hmm. was on like the death penalty. So is he on death row? He's on death row still. Yes, he's. I believe he's still on. I don't know if he's been. I don't think he's been put to death yet. Okay. Um, I guess. That was like in the eighties, so maybe, but I'm pretty sure it's not still. We'll check it out. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> I don't want to say yes or no, actually, so I'm not sure. Um, okay, so the other, basically, these are the other members that have criminal charges. Um, obviously, I didn't get too in depth about one of them, but while Ward Weaver II is on death row in September of 2004, his first son, Ward Weaver. The third, who now lived in Oregon, would plead guilty to a case of his own um, with some very creepy similarities. <laughs> uh, like, like a lot of parallels here. So the details that I've left out of this part is because Destiny is going to cover that next. If you'd like to know more about his son, it'd be weird if you stopped listening now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, um, and then... However, what I will say is that the person who originally called the police on Ward Weaver III, the one that lived in Oregon, who was Ward Weaver Jr.'s son, um, the person who originally called uh, the police was his own stepson, Francis Weaver. Now, when Francis Weaver was originally, when he originally called the police on his stepfather, he claimed that his dad had attempted to rape his 19-year-old girlfriend. Um, So this brings in the local police, and of course, when speaking to authorities, Francis suggests that his father had been involved in a local crime, which eventually leads to a very large, very heartbreaking case that we know. It definitely does. And that's where I was like, okay, uh, that's too much crime in one family for me. (laughs) A hundred percent. But then, (laughs) on February 17th, which is weird that it's also in February... Um, 2014, uh, the son, the same son, Francis Weaver, was arrested in connection with a drug deal that had gone wrong. Um, in this drug deal, Weaver had two others, Weaver and two others had met a man named Edward Kelly Spangler at an apartment complex in Canby, Oregon, um, to engage in a drug deal. However, the three men attempted to rob Edward Spangler and um, when things got out of hand, he was shot three times. His body was found next to his car, which was crashed into a tree. And this is another one that there isn't, for whatever reason, uh, most of this coverage on this case is like news outlets in our mm-hmm. area. Yeah. And so they don't give a ton of information about it. But what I was able to find was that eventually police were able to, able to uncover that the main shooter in this robbery was Francis Weaver. So there were other people charged, but in 2016, Francis Weaver was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Edward Kelly Spangler. That's that crazy family. And that... And we ain't done here, folks. We are not. Yeah. So there's that. And um, listen up. But yeah, take a quick break, and then you just come back and cry later. 
right, so let's go ahead and talk about your portion, which is the worst. <laughs> of this wild family? Yeah. <laughs> I just realized that you put in the email, Ward Weaver slash nasty ass. <laughs> the way that I thought it was a nasty ass. Nasty ass. I hate this guy. Well, yeah, okay. no. I don't know. Which I, I want you to know that he is the only one that I have put a side comment on because <laughs> yeah. I was just so That's angry. It's so funny to me. Um, so obviously today I'm going to be talking about Ward Francis Weaver III. I'm just going to refer to him as Ward yeah. um, for this whole entire thing. Because this is the only ward that I will mainly be talking about. And if I do, I will t- I will say what his their dead. full names. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. So, honestly, and we talked about this a little bit, but Ward is one of the first criminal cases I remember ever, ever hearing about. Mm. Um, so, obviously, it's way too close to home for the both of us. It was only about an hour from where we live uh-huh. and where we lived when we were younger. Yep. Um, and the girls were right around the same age as what we would have been. Yeah. So Ooh, I just got chills even when you said it. Yeah. So the whole entire story was just way too It like, it totally made me afraid to walk alone sometimes. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it was, and it was so publicized mm-hmm. everywhere, um, which we'll get to like some of my quotes where we'll be like, like I didn't even realize it was this publicized until now, yeah. but it makes sense on how I heard it so much. Yeah, no, and I had talked about it with my husband, and I was like, don't you remember? I said their names, and he didn't, he claims to not know who I'm talking about, but I swear it's, he sometimes is like purposeful. Nope, I have no idea who they are. I don't want to know about them. I don't want to. Please stop, please and stop. And I'm like, there used to be a billboard with their faces on it as you got out of Kaiser. Like, there was a billboard. Yeah. And so, and he was like, oh, maybe. So, there was one other person that there was a billboard of who was missing too who's like an older woman or like I remember like a lot of the Kyron Horman ones there's somebody named Brooke somebody named Brooke was missing and there was a there was a um but that was when we were younger too I don't know though so that's not what we're talking about today today we're talking prevalent it was we're talking about billboards Ward Weaver (laughs) yes so um and honestly I put in here it's like every time I see his face I just get nauseous like I have to keep scrolling I'm like I cannot even stand looking at this guy's and chilling Ugh. and yeah. literally um so here he we go <laughs> he's a nasty ass we're just jumping right into it so ward weaver was born april 6 1963 in humboldt county california when ward was only four years old um ward's father ward weaver jr and his mother trish weaver split up and his father was drafted into vietnam well, there's the backstory on that. <laughs> so, connection there. Um, Trish went on to marry Bob Budrow, um, and he was known to be an abusive alcoholic. Bob was a longshoreman, which loads, basically the job, loads and unloads ships. Oh. Um, and so that trip brought the Budrow slash Weaver family to the Portland area. That I always wondered how he got up here. Now I know. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. I'm going to fill in a lot of blanks probably for you here. <laughs> probably. So the family consisted of Trish Ward and Tammy Weaver, um, which was his little sister, uh, Bob Budrow and Bob Budrow Jr. Okay. Which was Ward's half-brother. Half-brother. Or like step-brother? Half-brother. Half-brother. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the family recalls the constant hostility in the house ranging from Bob's Bob Sr.'s abuse towards abuse towards his siblings. So there was just a lot of... Abuse. The stepdad was angry drunk, abusive, um, and then Ward was known to be kind of violent towards his family as well. Probably taking it out, whatever he saw, kind of thing. Yeah. He's like, I get beat, I'm going to beat you. Um, So his sister said, quote, he thought it was fun to take his BB gun out, so this is talking about Ward, and shoot me in the back a couple of times with it. Oh. End quote. Okay, I did grow up with uncles who shot me in the back. Not in the back. Shot me one time. Twice. All I'm trying to say is, I was going to say it was with a paintball gun, but that makes it worse. But they're not killers, so. Yeah, yeah, no. And my brother, I'm sure if he had a BB gun, definitely would have shot <laughs> yeah. me. So, here we but are. still, knowing who he is and knowing that just makes it. Yeah, just makes it. So, also, I'm going to guess nobody did this to you. So, um, partially, she also said by the age of 12, he had physically and sexually abused a family member. Nope. Mm -hmm. So that's not what I was going to say. But also, his brother, Bob Jr., recalls being taken out to the backyard and chained to a tree by Weaver. Uh, no. Yes. So. (laughs) Hate it. Also didn't do that. (gasps) And there was, like, a dog next door that was, like, vicious and Uh would, like, just bark and bark and try. And then he'd, like, loosen the chain so his, like, face got closer to the dog. 
And yeah, he and just I also tortured just his thought family. about the, the fact that his dad tied somebody to a tree. So <gasps> they're the creepiest family. I of actually all time. didn't even think about that. Yeah. So and his dad's not even around right now. No, so. it's just like it's genetic yeah. in there somehow, embedded in there somehow. Hate it. So he ended up graduating from Marshall High School and got a job as a cook. Um, but in April of 1981, a teenage relative reported that Ward had repeatedly raped and beat her. Oh, no. But Ward was not charged due to the fact that he was leaving because he had entered the Navy Reserve. Oh, it's... Oh, this story... Their stories are too weird. <laughs> yeah, so they were like, he's already leaving. It's not... Like, literally, I read multiple places that they decided it wasn't worth it to pursue it. Basically, instead of putting him in jail, they put him in the Navy. Yeah. They're like, okay, well, he's going... He's He'll leaving anyway. see other women. It's fine. Yeah. So, only a year later, in May of 1982, he was discharged due to heavy drinking and derelection of duty, which is basically him neglecting his duty. So. Yep. He didn't do good, and so they said you need to They're leave. like, all right, well, this isn't working out. Bye. So, while... Sure, he- put you in jail. <laughs> Just <Yeah>. saying. <laughs> Oh, Fast and Furious is here. <laughs> so while he was in the Navy, though, he met Maria Stout. The couple moved in with Trish and Bob, so his mom and stepdad, and Maria got pregnant. But when Maria was five months pregnant in July of 1982, the police were called to the residence because Ward had slapped her, pulled her hair, and banged her head against a wall. Oh, my God. Nope. Vomit. Yep, vomit. Not happy. So, Ward was arrested for suspicion of aggravated assault, but Maria for refused to press charges. Oh, um, And the couple continued to fight, and in 1984, moved to Bakersfield, California. Ah. Always back in California. <laughs> it is said that the reason, part of a big reason why they moved to Bakersfield is because he wanted to rekindle his relationship with his father, who was on trial for capital murder in California. He wait, He decided when his dad was on trial that he was going to rekindle his relationship. Yeah, he's like, oh, well, I want to go and be able to visit him. So they moved to California. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I super hate this. Super, super hate it. I know, once it's like connecting, you're like, God, please stop. Yeah. Please stop. I was like, 1984? That seems like the wrong... No. Oh, my gosh. So that August, the couple ended up actually getting married and had another son, Alex. So now they have two sons. Francis and Alex. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which we'll completely get back to part of that in a little bit. Um, the couple moved to Fairfield, California and stayed with the Ordonez family. Um, the Ordonez family at first was, like, very welcome, welcoming, mm-hmm. but then they realized that there was some issues going on. Um, so marital or whatever. Yeah, so Ward was abusive towards his wife. Maria was abusive to their oldest son, Francis. Oh. Um, and Ward continued to just drink and drink and drink and drink. Just- had heavy drinker. That part I always knew. That's yeah. That he was just an alcoholic. He, he's a drinker. Okay. So while staying with the Ordain, or Ordona's family, um, the two girls, Jennifer and Jocelyn, so Jennifer 15 and Jocelyn 16, picked up Ward from a bar when Ward took a concrete block and hit Jocelyn upside the head and then started attacking Jennifer. Oh, no. She screamed at him, like, quote, what are you doing? And the sisters were able, she was like, Basically, from what I read, she's like, what are you doing? It's me. What are you doing? Why? Like, you live with us. Like, family friend. What are you doing? Why are you attacking us? And she said it was like he was a completely different person. Not even there. And he wasn't phased. Yeah. I, I've, only on very small occasions have I ever experienced someone who gets super drunk and then, like, their eyes glaze glaze over and they're not there. Mm -hmm. But they're, like, still a functioning human being who's suddenly, like, a mean robot. It's scary. It's scary as hell. It's so scary. Yes. Yeah. So, thank God the girls were able to escape, and Ward was charged with assault and sentenced to three years in prison. Oh, another weird coincidence. Like, another thing that aligns with his dad. Yeah. Because his dad was hit the girl with a bat and then had to go to jail for three years. Yeah. What the? It's, it's wild. It's wild how these cases are so similar. Yes. Um. So, his wife, who was at the time... Of the attack um, of the two girls, she was pregnant with their third child, waited for him, and in 1988, when Ward was released, the family moved to Camby, Oregon, where they had a fourth child, a little girl. Okay. So, the couple opened up a shop that may or may not, (laughs) may or may not, have been somewhat of a cover-up to sell cocaine and methamphetamines. Oh, the fuck? I didn't know that. May or may not. (laughs) 
May or may not. So, mm, not proven, but <laughs> definitely word around the street. Okay. Well, um, I believe word around the street before I believe not proven. Yeah. <laughs> when it comes to this case, yeah. Definitely. I believe all yeah. of it now. Yeah. Um, so, in 1993, Maria, Maria actually filed a restraining order against Ward, and the couple separated. Finally got away from each other. Yes. Good. Jesus. So, shortly after this separation, though, oh. Ward met Christy Sloan. She was 18 and had just graduated, and at this time, Ward was 31. Oh. So, there was 13-year age gap. I, could, I couldn't imagine even trying to flirt with an 18-year-old right now, and I'm almost 30. Yeah. Like, uh, well, and you're like, I think if you were like a 31-year-old with four kids right yeah. now. Yeah. And you're and like, what's like, up, 18-year-old? How was high school? Cool. Oh, happy you're out. I'd be like... Do you need a pacifier? <laughs> like it's it. Eighteen feels so young now. Yeah, and like I, our friend has a little brother who's eighteen, and yes, I'm, your freaking sisters are. Oh, my like, sisters are eighteen. They're eighteen. Oh, that's like if that's one of our friends talking to my. One of our, I can't believe I would you said literally that. just shake yeah. someone. I'd yep. be like, bye, mm-hmm. bye. You're all gone because no, <laughs> get away from them. Well, our last episode, you said you were a murderer, and this one, you said you're gonna shake, shake, shake everybody. I mean, we're don't... here to not support violence. However. Don't mess with the wrong people. No, also, don't date 18-year-old girls when you're 31 and a creep. Yeah. You can be 31. Nope, you're still a creep. Don't do it. Just don't do it. I get it. Age is not... No. Anyways, <laughs> okay, we're going to move on before... As soon as you said my sisters, I'm like, I'm don't do it! <laughs> I'm sorry, Stop I'm sorry. Stop dating my sisters. You're like, okay, I can understand. My sisters? <laughs> Fuck you guys. Yeah. Get out of here. For real. Um, <sighs> so, Christy said that Ward came off as charming, but soon she saw <sighs> another side of him. I will need to see a picture of what this girl looks like. And what he looked like maybe at 31. I mean, if it's anything like what he looked like when he was charged later. Yikeroons. No, thank you. (laughs) Hard to pass. Pass. Yikes. Swipe left. (laughs) Like, so left. (laughs) Goodbye. Yeah. Extra dislike. (laughs) Oh, wow. What is that? Okay. Anyways. So, Chrissy, obviously, she thought he was charming. Um, but she said she saw a different side when she saw him actually abusing his children, uh-huh. um, in particular Francis, That's, his yeah. oldest son. That is more than just a different side. That is get out of there. Yeah. Bye. And- so Ward started to control Christy and he had previously done this with Maria too. Um, not letting her leave the house by herself, not letting her cut her hair, um, and then the mental abuse that was obviously happening in this house turned into physical abuse towards her when he d- beat her with a skillet. Oh, God. Yeah. So, oh. uh, Did um, she lived? Yes. She, so she was alive, but then she oh. said she wouldn't testify because she was scared. Yeah, absolutely. So the charges were dropped. Oh, no. And Christy stayed with Ward. Oh, no. Um, and the couple actually married after this in 1996. Oh, this is... Oh, I hate it. I'm not done. I literally know how the story ends, and I'm still, like, on the edge of my seat. Like, Please and... stop. <laughs> yes. Um, so shortly after all four... So shortly after they got married, all four of Ward's children moved into the home. Um, and only a year after being married, Ward was started having an affair with a woman at his work. Um, and after about four years of marriage, Christy and Ward separated. Okay. So, so by 2000... are not his thing. They were split up. Yeah. So, Ward and his girlfriend, so the girl that he was having an affair with. New girl. A new girlfriend. So, um, like, third woman in his life, yes, right? Okay. Yeah. Um, moved into a place in Oregon City where his daughter became, which, and I'm going to omit her name. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, right. But his daughter became friends with Ashley Marie Pond and Miranda Diane Gaddis. Okay. It's going to get heavy. <laughs> In August of 2001, 12-year-old Ashley actually accused Ward of attempting to rape her. Oh. Um, although it was reported to police, charges never came of it. And on the morning of January 9th, 2002, just five months after the report, um, Ashley was leaving her apartment complex to go to a bus stop, and she never made it to that bus stop. Went missing. And right? she went missing. Okay. So, a search for Ashley began um, with friends and family searching everywhere for her. Um, and her friend Miranda was also one of the ones looking for her. And Miranda and Ashley actually lived in the same apartment complex. Okay. Um, so, just two short months later, they're like I said, they're searching for her. They're still looking for her. Not a lot of leads. 
Um, and on March 8th, Miranda also disappeared. I totally thought they went missing at the same time. I did not realize there was a gap between. Yeah. Oh, I, I honestly, I don't, I didn't either. That grosses me out to even more for some reason. The fact that it was like there was a time, a gr- oh, I hate it. That there was, yeah. It just breaks my heart even more, I think. So this is when the FBI got involved. Okay. Um, which makes sense on why it was so well known out there now because I didn't know the FBI was involved. I kind of I kind of remember my grandparents talking about the FBI's involvement at some point, but again, I was like 12. Yeah. You're like, I <laughs> You're don't like know. 13, yeah. Um and the FBI part of the reason why they got involved is cuz the similarities were so, I mean, they were from the same apartment complex. Um, yes. I believe it was, like, the same, they were going to a bus they stop. They knew each other. That's yeah. That's always, yeah. Like, one of them was literally searching for another one. It's, it's, they probably it, were like, uh-oh, do we have a serial killer on our hands? Yeah. Which, I mean, if they not been caught, maybe. <laughs> yes. So, the FBI, during a prep, prep, <laughs> sorry, let's laugh at something. <laughs> I can't speak. I know, um, I'm over here like, <laughs> I'm so tense right now. <laughs> Please look at me and smile. Um, <laughs> So during a press conference, the FBI said, quote, there is a growing belief that this ca- these cases are related, and while there's a slight hope that they have run away, there is a growing belief that there was some kind of criminal activity involved, end Ugh. quote. Just chills. I cannot. Ugh, disgusting. I mean, it's cold in here, but also chills. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, which, uh, that podcast we shouted out earlier, uh-huh. makes sense why they're called chills. Yes. A hundred percent. Your name is is. Goosebumps, goosebumps was taken yeah. so we gotta go like yes. terrifying oh. um so a few months after looking for a suspect ward was one of the many suspects he failed their polygraph test we know that that doesn't hold up mm-hmm. um but even was interviewed by k2 news which is a pretty local news yeah um speaking about the investigation this interview took place on top of a cement slab that him and his son had just dug. Had you ever had you ever seen that like that oh, interview yeah. where she there she he like walks her through his whole yeah house. and like the aerial view of like uh-huh. his house uh-huh. yeah. yes and like she I just permanently her, in my brain unfortunately the, yeah like the her heels clicking on the cement is in my brain forever too Ugh. click click yep. yeah yeah so when asked why there was a slab of cement by um a different by I mean, it different looked people kind of like a back porch kind of. It was just in a weird spot. Yeah. It was in a weird spot. Yeah. Um, but he told a separate reporter when asked about the cement slab, he was like, quote, and this is what his son had, he had told his son too. He said, this is why we're doing this. Uh-huh. Quote, I'm putting in a jacuzzi. The last time I checked, that wasn't against the law. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So there we are. So not only are you trying to defend yourself but you're being a dick about it too yeah i mean not surprised like, but not surprised no at all so during the investigation ward even got interviewed by good morning america uh-huh. that's what i was like oh my god this was more publicized than uh-huh. i knew um and he said and quote i have no problem with them looking at me as a suspect the problems are coming with what they're doing as far as questions that are being asked of my family they're telling parents of my daughter's friends not to let their children spend the night because I'm a prime suspect and their daughter might be next, end quote. Uh, and I remember hearing this part. Yeah, I never saw that, but, like, why would that be your main concern? Yeah. Like, let's say you, he didn't kill anybody. I think that was his way of being like, well, I don't, I don't care that they're, they're looking at me. Like, I don't care, but they're affecting my family. Yeah, see, that's that's enough to say. But then when you say they won't let girls stay the night at my house, well, you just made yourself look weird. Yeah, uh-huh. Like, you, why does that? Why is that your concern? Yeah, like you probably shouldn't want anyone to stay the night right now, anyways. Just no. saying. Yeah. So it's just weird that you that's... should probably just stay in the clear. Yeah, probably no slumber parties for a while. Yes. I would think. Okay. I mean, if if I was you know being talked about wanted for murder, I would be like, you know what? No slumber parties. Yeah, no one come we over. need to. It's we're, I we're saying go... here. Let's. Yeah, I wouldn't go on Good Let's Morning America. Let's say very private. Yes, and then be like, and cooperative. And won't let people come over to my house. It's so dumb. <laughs> like, so stupid. <laughs> so the investigation came to a head on August 13th, 2002, when Ward's eldest son, Francis, 
um, called the cops on Ward, saying that his father had attempted to rape his 19-year-old girlfriend. That's because no one would let any of their children come stay the night, so he like, honey, ugh. yep, yep. hate it. So when the cops showed up for the arrest, war to arrest Ward for attempted sexually assaulting um, Francis's girlfriend, Francis told the cops that he believed his father was involved in the disappearance of Ashley and Miranda. At least my part of the story was correct. Yes. Because <laughs> we didn't really mash up our stories. We just said, you do this, I do this. And yeah, I was like, yeah. Oh, so They all lined up pretty wrong. well. Yeah. Um, so the police had enough to issue a warrant on Ward's property, and Ashley's stepmom actually put a sign up next to the cement slab that read, quote, dig me up. Yep. On that cement slab. I remember slab. that. Uh, that part I do recall. So the search began August 24th, 2002. That same day, the remains of Miranda were found in an empty microwave box in a shed oh, located God. behind Ward's house. Uh-huh. The following day, Ashley's remains were found under the concrete slab in a large barrel. In a big barrel. Yep. So once again, that's where it ties back to the concrete slab. Mm-hmm. These guys. Just like his dad. And it almost, now that I know that he like went and reconnected or was like trying to reconnect, it's almost like he got that freaking idea from his yeah. dad. He's like, I'm going to redo. Oh, you put a porch? That's genius. Yeah. But was it? Because people found I mean, so. but they only found out because he admitted to it. That's true. Ah, yep. Now that... It all, it's so weird knowing all of this information now because it's almost like he went, hung out with his dad, and was like, well, what are you in jail for? Ah, put him in a back end, and I, you, like, told somebody about it. So just don't tell somebody. And then he God. went and did the same thing. Yeah. Oh, that is... Oh, Thankfully, he got... We're cut. going. Yeah. So Ward was under arrest for Francis's girlfriend's, um, the attempted sexual assault until October 2nd when he was charged with six... Ki- this is, let me get started. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. Six counts of aggravated murder, two counts of abuse of a corpse in the second degree, one count of sexual abuse in the first degree, one count of attempted rape in the second degree, one count of attempted aggravated murder, one count of first degree attempted rape, one count of sexual abuse in the first degree, one count of sexual abuse in the second degree, and two counts of sexual abuse in the third degree. Good lord. <sighs> And in September of 2004, Ward pled guilty to two charges and no contest to the rest. Okay. And with a plea bargain, was able to avoid the death penalty. Uh Uh-huh. And he was sentenced to two life terms in prison without parole. Well, I'm just glad he's in jail. I'm very happy he's in jail. Is he going to stay there his whole life? Well, no parole. Without parole. Okay. So So one little thing that happened, this might make you a little happy because it made me a little happy. In March of 2007, while at Snake River Correctional Institution, Ward was going to get a haircut when another inmate pulled out a shiv and attacked him. Makes me happy. Good. (laughs) Um, So he got him in the neck and in the shoulder. He did live this. Uh But he got a little shanking and I was was happy about the shanking. He got a shanking. This part is makes me the very sad oh no so in 2009 i'm I'm sorry but we're almost done okay um in 2009 miranda's little sister who Uh was only about two years younger than her went to visit ward asking to know more of what had happened because he didn't give very much details Uh so this is when ward said that he murdered both girls quote with his bare hands Okay. And how he moved the bodies frequently to try to um, evade the police dogs at first. Uh-huh. And that she was intended to be his next victim. Oh, my God. Could you? Oh, could? Sitting there face to face. There's no. And he uh-uh. was like, well, you were next. Oh, I'm going to barf. I hate this. I hate him. What? Yeah. So, and there's a was lot she, more. You like just like. Well, and there's a lot more to, like, her life. How do you so, not punch him in the face when he said Well, that? I mean, they couldn't have glass. I don't know. But they oh, could right, have right. also been at a table. Oh, I'll just be. I'm not sure. You're <laughs> like, <laughs> somebody just... come get me. I'm going to I'm yeah. gonna shiv this guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> give me a shiv. <laughs> somebody give him. me a shiv. Yeah. Promise he deserves it. This time he dies for real. Yeah. Oh. So uh, that's, and that's insane. And there's a little bit more. I read, a, actually, article going into, so Miranda one of the girls that was her body was found um and then the little sister about how like their dad had been arrested for sexual abuse oh. and he was in prison before he died and then how like their lives had and then how she had actually been 
around two other like people that were charged with sexual assault like growing up like oh, it was geez. like a consistent thing and unfortunately obviously in her life Still. it happened multiple times and i don't know just to hear the you were going to be next that is oh. that's disgusting there's this, these are this is one of the crimes the reason that like for me i was like oh can we not because i it is so interesting but there is like no happy outcome like not that we talk about happy outcomes very often but it's just like you just you just want to find him and shave his face off with yeah. a razor <laughs> like, and maybe shiv yeah and give him a good shiv which someone did for us sorry you didn't kill him it's fine thank you for the shiv. next time shiv a little harder shiv a little harder um you. yeah so well real quick i'll cite my sources oh, um yeah uh, Pamplin Media, Oregon Live, LA Times, Wikipedia, Murderpedia, and ThoughtCo. Um, but yeah, that was, so that's this, that's Ward Weaver. Oh, and then also, I didn't throw this out. So Francis, after mm-hmm. his arrest with yours, uh-huh. that's when they found out that he actually biologically wasn't related to Ward Weaver. <gasps> so he thought he was. I always wondered that. He looks so not the same. Yeah, he thought he was Ward's son. Uh-huh. And then they, after... So it's not genetic, after all of this. The environment. No, yeah. After you... all of this, they found out that Francis was his indeed stepson and was never his real biological son. That's insane. So like, so she cheated on I'm him. Guessing. I mean, duh. It was Mar- <laughs> so it was Maria, the mom Maria. Uh huh. So she. Oh, Maria was out there getting hers and had a baby and was like, "Uh oh, I have your child now." Yikes! Yeah. I didn't know that. Well, this is the wildest. <laughs> Little twist that's a little different. Little different. Um, f- for anyone who was here at the beginning and you skipped and you're like, wow, I really don't know what to do with my life. Me either. Um, but if you did skip the part in the beginning where we talk about ourselves, you might have missed the part where we asked you to please do us a favor and go rate and review our show wherever you're listening right now, if you haven't already, um, because we will shout you out on our next show. I promise we'll remember to, I swear. <laughs> um, and then follow us on our social media accounts, Crime Wives Podcast. And if you love us and want to help us, donate us. Wait, donate to us because we're trying to get new mics to bring you guys a better sound quality experience so that you don't have to turn up your episode really, really loud <laughs> and then get out of the car and then forget that you had the crime wives on and then get back in the car and we're then, next- you, then you poo yourself because we accidentally <laughs> scared you. Sorry, Sorry. Travis. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, on that note, we're done here. Yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Crime Wives out.